Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Flash Season 2 ends with a point. Wonder Woman makes history. The DC Universe is reborn. And Mike Kalinowski is lost on the 405. Today on DC Movie News. Welcome to Popcorn Talk. Featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's DC Movie News. Should we do this anyway, even though there's only two of oh, us? Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, one day we need working power rings. We'll make that effect actually effective and mean something. Greetings, yep. everyone. Hello. This is a pared down squad today. Uh, just the uh, myself and the crown jewel of the DC movie news universe. Yes. Roxy Stryer. How Hi, are you, Roxy? Adam. I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk today, uh, especially when we get to TV time. We got a lot going on. We got some finales. Lots to talk of good about. stuff going on. Some nice items of news. Mike Kalinowski, as mentioned before, is lost on the 405. I believe there was an accident there. Anybody who's ever been to California uh, and has traveled on the 405 knows that it's very much like um, uh, the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, similar. You could get places very quickly on the 405, or it could take hours and hours. Yeah, you that never... wasn't code for anything. He's that's legitimately what's happening. Yeah, right? no, like... there's accidents and things. Uh, Johnny Laquasto is in the army. Pit of America, currently telling jokes. Uh, that would be Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah. no offense to that it just. I mean, you know, no offense to any Floridians out there, but it's you know, it's it looks kind of like an armpit. I, usually, we try to make up that he's like on a mission somewhere. You just want it to be straight up with he's, the people. He's yes, that is his mission. Yeah. His mission is the mission of jokes. He's making with the funnies. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna kick it off here. We're gonna talk some DC. Uh, I know a lot of people picked up DC Rebirth yesterday. Jeff Johns eighty page one shot that kind of begins the rebirth process, bringing everybody up to speed. Um, so if you want to jump into comics, DC is uh, making it very uh, possible to do so by charging a buck less than their competition across the street, uh, Marvel that is. Uh, so all DC comics are two ninety nine, and this rebirth uh, is pretty cool. How was it? Tell me more. Well, no spoilers um, though. Okay, well basically it's um it it seems to be tying together yet again all the continuities of DC kind of taking the previous continuity and explaining the new 52 and kind of like basically, you know, Wally West is your is your narrator, um but there's a really cool thing that they do at the end of it where they bring something into the DC universe. Uh it's been spoiled so much I'm not going to spoil it again, but it's it's a wild thing. That they've done, and and good for them, you know? I mean, uh, moving forward, I think this is going to be a good thing. I think the best thing about it is it looks like I'm getting my Superman back, because I, I was not down with this new 52, young, youthful Superman. Um, and I think, I know you guys probably can clear me up on this, I know that the Earth-1 Superman has been living in the new 52 universe, undercover, still married to Lois Lane Just with chillin'. a kid. chilling, mm-hmm. Not being Superman. But then if you pick up Superman 52, which I did and read it before DC Universe Rebirth, because Jeff Johns advises that you do that, um, you get to see the old Superman. He's just like, that's the guy. 
How do you think that rebirth will affect either our TV or cinematic universe? Do you think it will have effect on it or Um well, it's funny you should say that because if you watched the Flash season 2 finale and then the next day picked up rebirth, there were some scenes that were very much concurrent at least mentioned. Um, Mm -hmm. so, um, I do think they will have an influence, although they do have, um, CW versions of, I mean, comic book versions of a lot of the CW shows, I believe. Um, but I think much like you see the Marvel movies affecting the Marvel comics, I think moving forward, everything, um, that's happening in the movies particularly is going to be reflected in, in the comics. And now that Jeff Johns is big in with the movies and he's the guy that basically said hey I'm not going to be able to write for a while you know that I've like written everything that is you know worth reading in the DC universe for the past 15 years I'm done I'm I'm, I'm writing this and then I'm going to Hollywood yeah so uh, I love listening to him talk I just think that he has the the way he phrases things it's like in Jeff Johns we trust of course but He's just so smart, and he understands who he's talking to in his audience. And I, I know we'll be talking about that interview in a little bit, but oh man, he just yeah. gets to me. It's it's hard not to, and I, you know, obviously we we talked big about Jeff Johns' new place and and um, you know his protosorial responsibilities within the DC extended universe, speaking specifically about the film world, and 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 there is you know some debate about how much power is he really going to have right. like what kind of player is but listen if if all we wanted was somebody that had a foothold in the world of comics and now in the movies it couldn't i mean everybody was calling it to be Jeff Johns he was the only guy so you can't say that WB isn't at least trying on paper to give us what we want um, but let's let's get there when we get let's kick things off with um we have a new image of Task Force X that can be seen on a Suicide Squad calendar yeah we had uh, a couple of the images from uh, Task Force X yeah some nice released. clear images of the squad itself um you know Exciting stuff. Uh, I, I I think I want to get this calendar. Yeah, me too. Me too. I I pick one a year. You I pick think, one calendar. Yeah, well, I pick a calendar a year. I I remember getting like I remember having the original Batman calendar from the movie uh, in like '89, and I, I love that calendar. I kept it for a long time. I'm more of a Betty Boop calendar kind of person usually, but I really? felt like yeah. She's still doing her centerfold thing, huh? Oh, she's. Do you she's got, got a got Betty it. Boop impression? You got a little boop boop a doop in you? No, it's not very good. Let's hear it. Boop, 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 boop. That's not bad. And then she like giggles. <laughs> I, I love Betty Boop scene in a Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Love uh, that movie. Yeah. Um, She's the best. But this calendar looks pretty sweet. Um, I'm excited to see the rest of the images from it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird to have like a calendar. Like, what would you think if you were a mother and like your kid brings home like this calendar that says Suicide Squad on it? Like, would you think it's like a countdown to your child? Like, I don't know. Oh, that's like a suicide pact kind that's of thing? That's a dark thought I just well, had. As long as you go through all the calendars and there's no like circled date that's... Uh, well, actually, you probably would circle the date that's Suicide Squad August whatever is coming out. So like you circle that date, mom gets really scared. You know, that image of Killer Croc is reminding me of something. Did you guys know that there's a drug out there called Crocodile or Crocodile? And look this up, seriously. Is it a prescription? No. It is, a, what is it, desomorphine? It's desomorphine and it's called Crocodile, 
Kids, let, let us know in the chat roll if you know about this. Don't do this drug. Look up the images of Wait. what happens to your body when you take this drug. Wait, and there's stop. a reason why no, it's the crocodile drug. Why? Oh, it, it's the worst. I'm telling you, I'm warning right now. These are the most disturbing images you will ever see in your life. So there's this. You turn into Killer Croc? No, it's you, you basically turn into Killer Croc. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> but without, like, super strength or anything like that. Like, uh. it basically turns your flesh... Uh, it becomes eaten. It's horrible, horrible stuff. How much do you guys want to gross out your audience? No, uh, uh, I, I, you have an image right there ready to go? Okay, show it to me. Uh, okay, show us a quick Ahmed image. Says that drug is fucked up, down. man. Oh, my God. I'm going to put it up for a fraction of a second. Okay, guys. So just... close your eyes, ah, fans, ah, if you don't want to ah, see. Don't do drugs. Why do you take that drug? Uh, I don't know. Nurse Laura, why do you take <laughs> such drugs? Uh, what? To get really high. No. Nurse Laura says... Does it uh, always do that to your hands? I think, no, and your mouth, and it gets really That's worse. That's how I hear that they did to get him in character for the movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> terrible. I don't <laughs> that know That wasn't a good joke? About. No. Okay. Um, okay, so more shakeups in the uh, producing structure over at DC. Charles Roven, who's been a producer on uh, just about every DC film through the whole Nolan trilogy... Yep. Um, is poss- is still with Warner Brothers, but he's not going to be specifically uh, in the trenches at DC anymore. Um, and it, you know, we 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 all knew that there were going to be more changes. Like once you know, John Berg and Jeff Johns are kind of taking over those responsibilities. It, it, it feels like they're just it's more of a lateral move for Roven. I don't know that he was necessarily the guy to blame if you're looking for blame or anything like that. But it just seems like um, you know they're going to use him in other places. What do you think about the fact that they are? slowly releasing this information like first it was okay Ben Affleck's going to be executive producing and then it was okay Jeff Johns is our DC guy and then it's Charles Roven might not be here necessarily and then it's talks about Zack Snyder and I think it's par for the course with Warner Brothers in that they've always been so hesitant to release any kind of information I think they're letting it out there once they know it's basically going to be public information anyway so you don't think it would have been better though if they just wrote one article like we're mixing things up and talked about everybody's position. It just doesn't seem to be the way they do but like I, that was always been a complaint of mine about Warner Brothers. Like, Remember like one of our first shows I'm like why don't why did the, was the slate announced to like investors like why was why is there no sense of fun like Kevin Feige is able you know is running Marvel Studios which is a part of Disney but it's its own studio mm-hmm. and like that guy can do fun things like take the stage and say like this is our plan you know and like and and, and embody the spirit uh, of that so hopefully Jeff Johns will be doing kind of more things like that but I think it's just a lot of inside baseball and it's producer stuff it's not sexy stuff um, and that's why I think that they're not um, keen on disseminating that kind of information does this Charles Roven new bit do anything to you make um, you feel any kind of way make you worried make you excited does it uh, not really I mean like I don't think I don't know it seems like he's a big producer, but I don't know creatively what his impact was over Nolan's films. Um, he's also attached to... The, an interesting thing is, like, call it phase one, if you will, because everything that's been since the shakeup at Warner yeah. Brothers really is affecting everything after Justice League Part 1. So Roven is still a producer. He was on BBS, Man of Steel, moving forward, still a producer on Suicide Squad, still a producer on Wonder Woman, which is wrapped, and Justice League 1, which is shooting now. So it seems like a lot of these changes are really going to start shifting after Justice League 1, but it also makes me wonder it's if... It's a weird time to start shifting, though. 
Well, are so many movies into it? Yeah. Well, there's you know the I know ball's we're already rolling. there. I know, I know. But after Justice League one, like if we're if we get there and we're screwed, I don't know if well, switching things up after that point is. Let me let me amend what I just said because you know Jeff Johns has been moved into an executive producership on Justice League two. I think more of it's a it's a transition happening, and I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about some reshoots with Wonder Woman, just like we did with Suicide Squad, to kind of tie the universe together mm-hmm. if they didn't already have that in place, and then just. Justice League One. I would like to think that they're kind of. I'd like to think that they're they're settling in on that story, and we're kind of finding the footing with that. It's yeah. going to be because some things are going to have changed from what they planned, and I still think the slate is going to change too. Yeah, I, I know you do. I know, and definitely Mike does too. And here's another thing. Yeah. Um, Jeff Johns. How much green light power do you think Jeff Johns has? Like Kevin Feige, pretty much decides a, the movies. I think a lot. A, a lot. Yeah. So you think. Jeff Johns is going to be the guy to say, I don't think we should do this movie now. I think we should do this movie. I think we need this movie. Especially because we're watching WB look at their audience, look at their fans, and be like, okay, let's follow their lead. Let's take Mm -hmm. their advice. And everybody seems to be on the Jeff Johns board. I think, yeah. If Jeff Johns is like, hey, by the way, this is a crap idea for a film, I think that they're really going to listen to that. If he's like, this is what the people want, I think they're going to listen to that too. And if they don't, then they're being silly. Yeah. Because then why make him in charge? I think it's it's safe to say he doesn't quite have the the power that Foggy does over at Marvel, who's no. basically the president of Marvel Studios. Well, he's also been there, not been there in any capacity, but in this position longer. In Foggy's this position, proved himself in this position. They have now a $10 billion, 13 film thing. Right. They're on a roll where they're just kind of like, all right, let this guy do his thing. Like, when are you going to look at Foggy and be like, nah, dude, you didn't make it work. No, yeah. so you can't make that decision. Of course not. But I wonder, you know, if, like, if he says, all right, and humans is off the slate, and Bob Iger is like, no, we're putting in humans back on. I like, don't think so. It's, yeah, I well, I think, think so. Iger is probably smart enough that he, not do that he doesn't do that kind yeah. of thing. He gets the right people, like uh, Kathleen Kennedy that's running Lucasfilm. Like, that's yep. what Disney is doing so well, is acquiring companies and supporting them, but pretty much letting them be their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and now it looks like Warner Brothers is trying to do that within their own structure, having their own um, Harry Potter sort of branch. And I mean, remember a couple weeks ago, we got the announcement that, hey, Warner Brothers is going to be focusing less on like smaller one-shot films and more on their franchise. Right, yeah. So this is this is a huge, massive internal thing. I know you talked about uh, the reshoots. You think we're going to do that. But do you think that there is more mix-up to come that we haven't heard about yet? Do you think that next week we're going to be talking about this position being filled by this person or this person leaving, this person coming? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I would think the next things I'm going to be looking to hear about are movies off the slate, on the slate, shifting around. We know we're going to – everyone thinks Comic-Con is when we're going to get that Batman announcement um, Warner Brothers is still at Comic-Con, right? Is Warner Brothers the only studio that's still going to Comic-Con? Yeah. So once again, Warner Brothers, yours to lose at Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah. Like, Fox has left the building. Marvel's left the building. Those are, right? Those are the other two big so, superhero competitors. If, now that Sony doesn't even count. Right, if DC, if people aren't talking about Warner Brothers after this, then Warner Brothers did something very wrong. Like, yeah. very wrong. Wow. So they're gonna, we're going to see a lot of Suicide Squad at Comic-Con. We're going to well, see... Well, yeah, especially because that's in July, and it's like two p- weeks before... Potential big Wonder July. Woman there. Yeah. And yeah. then like a tease of Justice League. And we're going to be talking about the extended cut from BBS. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Which which yeah, I'm I'm still very excited to see. Me too. Um speaking of Jeff Johns, he was um on Seth Meyers late late show uh and he was talking about 
Rebirth right here. Um, kind of trying to explain to people that it's not a reboot. It's not everything else counts, but like they're just bringing it together. And then he also had a little comment on uh, the film that he's working on with Ben Affleck. And, and, and basically he just said that, th- that he's checked out some of the dialogue that Ben Affleck is writing for this solo Batman film. And, and he's he, all in. He's all in. I, this interview was so cute. I just think that he totally gets it. He's like, listen, that's not a good word in the comic book world to say yeah, reboot. reboot like, don't yeah. say something like that. That is not what we're doing. He's clear. He's uh, concise. He gets me the feels going on. And like what he said about Ben Affleck, too. I love that he is loving Ben Affleck. I love Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's my boy. We're best friends, actually. You didn't know. Um, but I, I believe I, you. I love you shouldn't I, I love their relationship I think it's cool well we know if you listen to what Affleck has said we know he has so much respect for Jeff Johns yeah. being his comic guru this is this is what we've been excited about you know getting these two together getting them working on a project we heard first heard about it last year's Comic Con um, to think that like Johns is you know masterminding the universe and helping him with the story fitting right. it into the canon and then Affleck's gonna make the movie that he wants to make uh, is really really exciting I was thinking about this the other day though what an enormous amount of pressure now on both of them because there's everybody's talking about it like alright Affleck's the, the movie guy he knows movies he knows everything about movies. And Jeff Johns, he's the DC guy. He knows everything about DC. They're making these decisions now. Yeah. And, and it's like nobody knows everything about anything. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure but on But you, you know what you know what gives me some solace is that Johns has spent the past 16 years writing these great stories. That's very he's, true. He's written the, the, the bulk of the best modern DC stories, which also drew on the past. So yep. he's a guy that knows the history, he's written the present, and now he gets to help translate all that into the film. So yes, there's a lot of pressure, but I feel like they've got the knowledge. Yeah, now, I do too. Now, hopefully the, the guys who are making decisions are going to make the right decisions and let these guys tell great stories, which ultimately is all that matters, you know? Um, and speaking of Batman, if you wanted to know how much Batman you're going to get in Suicide Squad, um, it seems to be like what we expected. It seems like, you know, you've seen in the trailer that there's clearly an interaction between Harley Quinn and Batman coming out of the Joker's souped up, awesome ride yeah. that he's gotten. Yeah, this this wasn't new information necessarily. No, but the Deadshot but... thing, we didn't really know that he had a scene with Deadshot. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm not surprised with that, though. You know, you take two... Two actors that are your strongest and biggest, yeah. and you put them together in a scene. So now, one of the things that's referred to as a flashback with Deadshot, and I'm and I'm assuming that this scene with Harley is also a flashback. So I'm wondering, and I think Kalinowski and I have talked about it before. Do you remember what's the um, the Batman the Animated Series episode where it's just like the villains all talking about their stories of interactions they've had with Batman okay. before? And I'm wondering if it's going to be a little bit of that element. Like, oh, I remember when I met the Batman and it was like their oh, own Oh, and then we flash back and we go to... Yeah. Do you think we have time for that in the film? Like, are we going to be able to get into any of these backstories or... I mean, there's clearly flashbacks in Suicide Squad. Yeah, but to move the story forward, not just like we're dicking around around and I'm having this beer cracking it and reminiscing about the good old days of no, Batman. No, yeah, I don't think it'll happen like that. I, 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 and I, I think 
those flashbacks will probably happen before the squad actually gets together. Because it seems like once they're thrown together, it's going to be on the mission and moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also saw clearly the Deadshot images when he's wearing his like pimp daddy get up and all the leather and the and the gifts for his daughter and yeah. everything like that. So yep, yep. it seems like we're going to get it back. So we're probably going to get Killer Croc when he's just a punk-faced uh, teenage kid growing up in Florida doing crocodile. Right after taking the drug. Takes all this mess, uh, desomorphine. Yeah, and then, like, we're just watching him like, withdraw. And then he just like just skin becomes crocodile and yeah and he hulks out and yeah um, that's what i think too yeah that's most likely gonna happen um and then also speaking of suicide squad yeah um this is um i'm jumping around here a little bit but yeah okay so suicide squad has been screened yes mysteriously enough people were able to or they were brave enough to tweet about it which one of those two things do you think it is I have a feeling that uh, Warner Brothers, uh, being very wary of Buzz and how important Buzz is, probably encouraged people that they could tweet an impression. Tweet their initial impressions. Please give no spoilers. But um, and maybe it's a positive thing that you're saying. Like, is, is it weird that there were no negatives? Not really, right? No. Maybe. No, because remember after the screen, I talk about this all the time, but the screening of Fantastic Four. Uh, yeah. And it was all like, this is the best movie ever. Every single person said that. It was yeah. like the worst movie of all time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that there's no way that they, Warner Brothers would have allowed, even if they didn't give permission, they wouldn't have allowed them to stay up if they were saying things like that. So yeah. um, here's a couple of the tweets. Yeah. I recommend everyone go see Suicide Squad in August. It's a pleasure. You'll be surprised. So breaking that one down, that's not saying this is an amazing movie. It's a pleasure. It's You'll a pleasure. be surprised. Uh, interesting choice of words. Maybe surprised in that if you were negative about DC movies in general, that this is going to be, you're, you're going to be surprised at, at the humor that's in it. At, uh, Maybe. Uh, that it's so- not a, a dour uh, dirge of a film. Yeah, um, so this is another one. Saw Suicide Squad today. It met my expectations. Can't wait for the actual release. Mm, is that a ringing endorsement? Not really, but I mean, you would have to know this individual's uh, actual expectations and where they were. Yeah. Um. Uh, this person says, got to watch an early screening of Suicide Squad, and it was actually pretty good. Sorry, pretty great. Actually pretty great. Actually pretty great. Yeah, pretty great. That's good. Yeah, but... Actually, <laughs> well, I think because listen, the, the 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 buzz about DC movies is DC is not the favorite kid on the block right now. Yeah, I just think that these tweets, n- none of these tweets to me say, "Holy crap, saw Suicide Squad, mind blown, pun yeah. intended, love this freaking film." Yeah, well, I'd be satisfied with a pretty great film at this point. If it was, pre- if I thought it's it was pretty great, actually pretty great, I'm like, it's actually pretty great. Um, then I would be uh, pretty um, okay. Cool, I would be uh, down with it. Um, uh, you know, here's a little bit of news. You yep. know, Mike Kalinowski and I got to go on that spanking new studio tour over at Warner Brothers a couple weeks ago. Quick question. Did you just use the word spanking? Spanking new. It was brand spanking new. Spanking new. Um, and I was going to say something else, and I <laughs> forgot what that was. That's why that happened. Oh, um, great. Great. Because I was distracted. I was reading something else, thinking about something else, and then saying yet a third thing. Mm. It's pretty difficult. Life's hard. So you've got a, a we have mind. sort of confirmation that Jason Todd is the dead Robin. Okay, spoilers. Um, he's as dead as Jimmy Olsen in the DCEU, it would appear. 
Well, that's not from your tour, correct? That's from... No, but somebody else was giving the tour. The official Warner Brothers tour guide was like, oh, and here's the Jason Todd suit. And any of you that were familiar with the um, Jason Todd storyline um, from Batman, that, that was, um, you know, then you pretty much know what happened to Jason Todd. Um, so that's interesting. Um, and then, you know, there the rumors persist that the Ben Affleck solo film would be Red Hood. Would you guys want to see Red Hood solo film? I really don't. Um, I think that that movie would have no power because we've never had Jason Todd. So to just talk about the Robin that was dead that comes back to life, it seems like it would be crazy for me. Kind of silly, actually. So I hope that doesn't happen. Um, But it was interesting to get that kind of confirmation. And now I'm really suspicious that Dick Grayson shows up in Suicide Squad. I really, really like the Scott Eastwood uh, 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 chances right here. Did you have something you wanted to say, Roxy? Uh, yes, I do. I definitely do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you about something okay. for a second here, Adam. Can we take a moment? All right, guys, we're, we're taking a moment. moment. Roxy and I need to discuss. So please, it's a, it's a serious question for you. Okay. What if today was the last normal day of your life? Uh, Cassie Sullivan thought that I'm doing she knew, thought that she knew what tomorrow would bring, but she was wrong. We were all wrong. The first wave took our power, killing half a million people. The second wave put that number to shame with the tsunamis that destroyed everyone within 100 miles of the ocean. Wait, this happened to who? Goodbye, Coastal City, Cassie Sullivan. She thought she knew, but she was wrong. And after the third wave, only the unlucky remained. Survivors of a virus that left only 3% of the world still standing. 3%? And the, 3%. And the, that, we could have taken out all of our superheroes, too. In the fourth wave, the others, beca- uh, the others became us. Oh, how inhuman. many waves are there? Well, it seems like a lot. This was the, that was the fourth wave. Inhuman beings uh, hiding be- behind human faces. So wait, out of the 3%, some of those became inhuman beings? Yeah, and then at the dawn of the fifth wave, we had Ugh. to choose, give up. Or get up and fight. I know what you would choose, Adam. Uh, but this was the only the beginning of everything. I'm giving up. Yeah. In these last days, Earth's remaining survivors will need to decide what's more important, saving ourselves or saving what makes us human. Rick Yancey's number one New York Times best-selling novel, The Fifth Wave. So that answers your question. How okay, many so, waves this, are there? so thank God. There's the not fifth, only going to be five waves. The Fifth Wave introduces us to a group of young people struggling to survive in the aftermath of a uh, catastrophic alien invasion. Its sequels, The Infinite Sea, and the newly released The Last Star, follow them through a series of battles and betrayals as they fight the ultimate war between life and death, hope and despair, love and hate. So you're talking about kind of like you and me, love and tsunamis. Hate. You're talking talking about zombies you're talking about aliens you're yes. basically throwing everything at the post apocalyptic those wall. are the words of adam but in the words of entertainment weekly they're calling the series remarkable not to be missed under any circumstances and they're urging fans to just read it so usa today is hailing this as a modern sci-fi masterpiece and best-selling author of the passage justin cronin raves in his new york times best uh, book review calling the fifth wave wildly entertaining. See, these are great reviews. This is what you want when you're listening to somebody tweeting. This is what it is. Uh, So the highly anticipated finale finale is here and will leave readers stunned. Learn more about the Fifth Wave series at fifthwavebooks.com. That's fifthwavebooks.com. Wow. So read it. You want to learn more about the series, you go to fifthwavebooks.com. And I bet you can get it on Audible, guys. I'm an Audible person myself. Like, I like to listen to the books these days. I've been doing that a lot, too. Yeah. In the car, you know, stuck on the 405. Um, I'm reading The uh, Amazing Adventures. I think it's called The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay right now. 
If you guys are familiar with this, it's like a Pulitzer Prize winning book that basically it deals with like the inception of, of, of the comics in the Golden Age or in the Silver Age. Um, I'm not that far into it, but it's like fictional retelling of like I think Stanley and Jack Kirby, basically the early days uh, of those guys. So it's pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, I guess that would be Golden Age when those guys actually got started. Um, so exciting stuff. Jason Todd is in the DCEU. He's dead. The f- he probably got uh, annihilated during the fifth wave for all I know. Yeah, for all. All we know, that's exactly what Exactly. Happens. Now, often we talk about Shazam on this show. Uh, I'm all always teasing, like, Shazam is not going to be in the in DCEU. And Mike is absolutely positive. Like, he has put his life down on the He's, fact that he well, thinks that he Shazam thinks it's not is even going to happen. Not, never going to happen. <laughs> but now we're hearing, I believe, what is it, the producer, one of the producers working very closely on Shazam, saying that there has been a first draft. We're getting another draft soon. And, and he's echoing the words of Dwayne The Rock Johnson saying, like, it could happen sooner than 2019. Yes, it sounds but... sounds so, like, at this point, it's already, uh, you know, we're halfway through 2016. How is that possible that it could happen that soon? I don't know. I think all of this, in the words of Johnny, could be potential swerves. I don't take any of this if, as truth. If they start shooting before the end of 2016... Which seems unlikely, then I guess it could arrive in 2018. I guess even if it starts shooting in the beginning of 2017, it could arrive late 2018. Yeah. Um, they, they speak about the tone of the film. Um, they speak is- about the fact that the film is going to have, yes, uh, it's going to have real stakes. The producer says he's very in- influenced by the Kingdom Come yeah. storyline, which is weird because that's kind of like one of the darker takes on Shazam, but he also said it's going it's to have fun. Fun. So light, this is the hope. quote. Uh, we're quote. a good way into development. We're expecting a next draft soon, which I think is really going to put us in the zone that we're hoping for. There's a great opportunity between Black Adam and Shazam, and I always was a fan of Superman and his mythology as I grew up. I remember in Alex Ross's Kingdom Come, that was the first time that ever made me look at Shazam just differently. I always knew of Shazam, but I always thought Alex Ross portrayed him and drew him in a badass, epic way that helped support the epic conflict him and Superman had. It just made me look at Shazam and think, this is a bad motherfucker. Wow. And that was a quote. So that's why Roxy was able to swear, guys, okay? That's that was just quote. she was just quoting. Um my goodness. Uh that is pretty intense stuff. Yeah. Um, I I still I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, exactly. So what do you guys think? Do you think Okay, I want to know what you what you guys in the chat roll uh think. I want to hear your comments. Do you want Shazam to happen? Are you excited with Shazam even though they don't have a Shazam cast? They've had the Rock cast for 6 years as Black Adam. Do you want to see a Shazam movie? Do you want it set in the DCEU or do you want it to be uh its own thing? What about you, Roxy? Do you want it uh, to happen along with all the other Justice League films and all that? Or it's do you think Shazam should be in its own world? It depends on what happens in the Justice League movies. It depends on what the storyline, what they're going with. I mean, at first, I really wanted him to be in cinematic universe, the same world, be part of our team. But then, the more I thought about it, I think it could be interesting to have him be more of a standalone and have it be separate. So I'm kind of torn. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really torn too because with all the new Jeff Johns news, I feel like everything is all up in the air right now. Right, and I feel like it might be. I wonder if they even know. I wonder if they know if they're going to be incorporating Shazam into their world or not. Mm. Um, I mean, it's a great question, but if they have a draft, I feel like they maybe know. Yeah. 
maybe they should know. I mean, I t- always tend to think that like Shazam is very similar to Superman, and like he sh- sort of should be in his own world. But at the same time, much like we enjoy seeing this new Peter Parker in a cinematic universe oh. with other superheroes, yes. there's a lot of that in Shazam too. Yeah, the idea that he wants to be as cool as these guys, but he's not, and that's why he is different than Superman because he doesn't have the experience um, and he doesn't have the maturity, which is what makes him interesting. There's this like greatest American hero bumbling. You know, it's big. It's the movie Big, but it's a superhero. Th- you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I'm gonna say now. I'm coming down on as I talk about it. I want it to be in the DCEU because I don't want it to be just another, like, too funny, like, silly, like, I don't like those, like, superhero comedy kind of movies, you know, like, um, uh, like the Will Smith one. Oh, uh, yeah. oh my God. What the, I just looked at that the other day, too. What the hell is that called? Oh, uh, Hancock. Hancock. Thank you. Thank Hancock. You. Like, you know, that, that, that had a lot of different tones going yeah, on. It didn't quite Deadpool? know it was going to be my super ex-girlfriend. No, well, Deadpool was, that's an example of doing something that's funny, that's really well done, but mm-hmm. grounded in its own world, I guess. But even Ant-Man, too, still the, the tone you're talking about. Yeah, I guess more, more like an Ant-Man-ish tone is where I see Shazam. It could be its own. I, I don't know. I um, I still, yeah, I, I think I do want it to be in the DCE, though. I'm, I'm wondering what you guys think, though. Um, and finally, in the movie world, Wonder Woman has made history before it even comes out. Um, history in the fact that... Kind of. Kind of. Uh, it is the biggest budget film to be directed by a woman. As a woman, Roxy, how do you feel about that? Well, it, the crazy part is that the budget is $100 million. Or over $100 million. Yeah, But that's not that big. Like, I don't think they were saying that the budget for Wonder Woman is $100 million. I think it's the, the, it's the first over $100 million. There's like been a couple. They retracted that and, okay. and said there had been like three other ones, but this one was going to be the biggest. The and biggest. It was going to be around $100 million. So I, I don't know. I think that it's crazy. That's effing crazy. Like, awesome. Great. I'm glad that they're getting the budget they deserve. Patty Jenkins is a amazing amazing director i trust her i want to give her all the resources she needs but how is it 2016 is that the year that we're in yeah and this is one of three films that's gotten over a hundred million dollars in the budget that's that's nuts yeah i mean everybody knows that the industry direct at least director wise is dominated by males yeah i know at the time i think penny marshall um, had had like uh, had the record for the biggest gross for uh, a female director with maybe a league of their own. Mm. Not really sure. And I think that's since um, she's since been passed by other directors. But that's also league of their own is like twenty something years ago as well. Um, but uh, I don't for know. For what it's worth, guys, IMDb is uh, record, reporting an estimated budget of one hundred and fifty million. That's what oh, I thought. I thought it was oh, about okay. one hundred and fifty. Okay, yeah, so that's bigger. You know, <laughs> I still want it to be the biggest grossing film by a female director, and I want it to be that because it's so freaking good. Yeah. So once again, it's like yeah. it's you know you know people are making a big deal about the fact that Wonder Woman is going to be the first big major superhero led film by a female, um, and that's great. But I really just hope it's good. I, I mean, that, that's my, my real hope is that it's not it doesn't make history just for being you know for those sort of footnotes. It's funny you say that because Langley in the chat just said, "WB, stop trying to wow me with facts and figures and wow me with a good film." That's I'm with you. Who is that? Langley. Langley. Langley M. Neely. All right. Well, I'm I'm on board with that. 
Um, and uh, was there any other items in the world of movies that, that you wanted to discuss? Anything uh, scratching your itch? Anything uh, uh, delighting your fancies? Well, Anything in the chat room? You know what scratches my itch. I don't. You, you do, Adam. <laughs> oh. So <laughs> that. Of course. Flash is fine. PC movie news, it's time to talk. TV time. I'm thinking that it must be really funny for somebody who doesn't have headphones on to be listening to us singing along and not hearing the song. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, really for weird. Nurse Laura, this is very odd. Probably very strange. But she's uh, heard the theme song. Before. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so TV this week. We got finales. We got a Gotham finale. We got a Flash finale. Last Thursday, we got the Legends finale. We got our Arrow finale. We also got a premiere. We also got a Preacher premiere. Yep. A lot, a lot to talk about. In general, though, uh, let's start with the premiere, because... Okay. Fun. So I freaked out because I was so excited for Preacher that I forgot to set a recording on the DVR. I think a lot of people did that. I woke up the next day looking for it, thinking it's not. It wasn't on demand, at least in my thing at the time. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't airing that night. I'm like, when is AMC premiering a movie and not showing it like every day? Yeah. Then I'm like, what do you mean that you're not showing it until the 29th? So it turns out that this weekend they're showing it again, but they're not doing a new episode this so week. So what they're doing is they're doing an encore performance of it. So they're playing it again on Sunday, and then they're doing a Talking Preacher afterwards. Yes. Okay, so Talking Preacher didn't start either. It didn't oh, Okay, because Hardwick is doing talk, Talking Preacher, and he did Talking, talking Dead. Talking Dead. Gotcha. It was very strange. He waited until after Preacher premiered to do a Talking Dead, which was so weird. So weird. So it, he said, on air, I was watching him, he goes, yeah. hey guys, this is really weird. Uh, we're going to do a Talking Dead right now. Preacher will be next week. It was like the most uncomfortable I've ever seen him. It was it was great though. Uh, in general, thoughts about the episode about the okay. Premiere. So uh, I, spoilers, guys. I was able spoilers. to get it on AMC um, and on AMC's website. You can watch it just with a few thirty second commercials. I I loved it. I mean, I loved it. I know some people are like are are, are tentative about it. I think mostly positive reaction. I think it did really good numbers. It had two and a half million of a premiere or something like that, which is a fraction of what Into the Badlands did, which is really weird because that show is nowhere near as good as this one. The way that they did Into the Badlands though really hooked it up, I feel like. Well, because they had Walking Dead. And and then they rec- if you played Walking Dead, like if you went yeah. to your whatever to the on-demand stuff and you played Walking Dead, it Put into the Badlands after it recorded it just, the whole thing. It just played it for you. Smart. You didn't have a choice. Deceptive. Yeah, very deceptive. So it was like, am I going to get up to turn off my TV? I guess not. I'll watch yeah. whatever this is. <laughs> well, the thing with Into the Badlands is like the action is great, but the story just feels very thin to me. Yeah. It's, it's really derivative. Here you have a story that, like, I know the story is great because I know the story, and I purposely didn't like go back to the comics to check it out because I kind of just wanted to let this new thing wash over me. And right from the opening shot of Outer Space. Where it looks kind of like a '70s kind of thing. Yeah. I was like, I was, I was all on board. They released that scene early too, and it was confusing. Like, well, what are we doing? We're going into right. Africa. What and are we doing? And then these other Great. preachers, these other holy people that get possessed with this thing, which we don't know what it is yet, but we do if we've read the comics. And then it kind of like kills them, kills all these holy leaders. Great little uh, back cameo where, like, you see a TV and Tom Cruise is killed. Tom Cruise explodes. Do you know that? everybody's talking about that. Like, that's what THR published an article on. They did an entire article, like, why Tom Cruise had to die in Preacher and, <laughs> and how they chose this. Amazing. Epic choice. Oh, that is really, yeah. really so, funny stuff. In general, I think that 
right now the Jesse Custer we saw is not going to be the Jesse Custer we always see. He's obviously like a little more of a tame version of himself, but I think they did a really great job with the episode and introducing the characters. Just um, like introducing the tone of this yeah, thing the too. Tone, it, it goes so goofy. off the rails. Yeah, and it being disgusting and uh, yeah, the the crazy. I mean, now you're a new reader, right? You've yeah. just recently read this. What did you think of one? I thought one two really challenging things to bring to the screen. Uh, Cassidy the vampire. Yeah. What about that opening scene on the airplane? I love that scene. It's probably my favorite. I feel like that was most in the tone of the comics. Like, that was perfect for me. I love that. I love his smile that he has. You know, he goes to the bathroom, he looks at yeah. the Bible, and we know, like, yeah, it's on. Like, yeah. This is it. Oh. Really, really cool. And also, as disgusting as it was when he falls out and all of his intestines oh. and his guts and whatever, I'm like, oh, wow, they really got the tone of this. And like, our space. Yeah, and our space, too, which is crazy because it's no CGI. It's all, yeah. Has, it takes two and a half hours. Hours every morning to put that on. It like and it was across his entire face. He's in all ten episodes this season. He will be wearing that, of course, the entire time. Uh, so no reference to Kurt Cobain, though. No reference to Kurt Cobain. It's people, kind of a dated yeah, reference. Yeah, so. no. Well, because people were writing like, why would he be? Why would he have done this because of Kurt Cobain? Kurt Cobain died so long ago. So, it, but yeah, it's like it makes sense. But uh, maybe we could have picked a different kind of rock star. I don't know. Well, maybe we will. We don't yeah. know. Find out. But I know. Anyway, uh, you know the, the point is. And great fight sequences, too. Like, I'm always impressed that new fighting on a show could look cool. Like, I thought Daredevil was the high water mark for TV fighting yeah. right now. Um, this was really well choreographed. The, the, the scene with Tulip in the car. Yeah. Um, the Tulip. fight in the bar. Talk about the changing a character. Tulip, really, I think they nailed her, even though that she's completely different. You know, as Different in physical she, type, yeah. Well, f- different physical type, but also different, for me, they're trying to make her, like, more independent, less like this was less happenstance. She didn't f- wander upon Jesse, you know. She's looking for yeah, Jesse. seeking him out. Yeah. yeah, she's out. So it's a different kind of person. What are and people with in the, the chat saying about Preacher? And whatnot, they like people it? seem to love it. People yeah. really like it. Uh, that bazooka scene sold me on the show. Says Thunder God. Um, everybody else was saying Tulip's interesting was great. Says Frank. Uh, the actor who plays Cassie is amazing. Says Matthew. Yeah. I completely agree with kind that. Kind of picture you. Just so you guys know, I do the after show on our sister network, After Buzz TV. So if you want to check out the after show, uh, make sure you watch it. You do? It. Yeah, I do. I oh, do. did I you do it already? Picture. Yeah, we covered the first oh, episode. Oh, great. Yeah, and people in there were really excited about the show, too. Okay, I know you have to leave really yeah. soon. We have to cut this short. So let's talk about some of the other exciting okay, so things that happen in the world of TV. Yeah, here's what I'm going to talk about first, though. We have to talk about Flash first because I think it negates every other finale that happened. <laughs> so basically... You guys know what Barry Allen does at the end of the episode. Which, I gotta say, why wouldn't he just go back and save his dad, since that happened a lot more recently? Because he's realizing he's a broken person, and he was yeah. a broken person even then. So he's going all the way back. Uh, a lot of people obviously want to mention Flashpoint Paradox. We'll see what they do, but it's looking like that's where we're going. It looks like that's what they're doing. Yeah, but how does that affect Legends and Arrow and now Supergirl. People said it has no effect on Supergirl. Uh, that's not true. Do you remember the crossover episode where Barry Allen had to go over there and help save their Earth and without yeah. him it wouldn't have been saved? So it affects every single one of our shows in the DC TV universe except for Gotham and iZombie and Preacher because of the Vertigo series. But it's going to be interesting. So do you think he's not going to be the Flash anymore? Like, is is he going to come back into a, a, a modern era? Like, in... I mean, yeah, because he disappeared in yeah. his past. Yeah. His other self disappeared. Right. Which means that he himself is a paradox. Mm-hmm. 
And then yes. I'm wondering if we're going to see other speedsters when we come back. Like it's it's on, and it's what's really cool is if you got Rebirth, it it, it deals with that scene in Rebirth too. So there's this great layering of like watching the show and then reading the comics and just kind of everything converging. Right. Not like convergence which sucked <laughs> in the comics, but like there is a real convergence happening. So yeah, does this negate everything that happened on Arrow? Does I don't it- know, but it made it very difficult because Flash airs on Tuesdays and right. Arrow airs on Wednesdays, and while I'm sitting there watching Arrow and we're taking down Damien Dark finally and we're doing all these things and Diggle's going off and you know there's Elicity stuff going on I'm sitting there thinking so you guys are all about to be like your whole lives are about to change none of this freaking matters yeah. and, but maybe it, if, they, if it doesn't matter then the writers aren't doing their job because how could this not affect Arrowland but if it no, of course, of course it is. And we know that there's going to be the big four-part crossover right. next year. And maybe that is uh, trying to write the time stream. You know, that would be really cool if, if it was like um, an ongoing story that interlaced all the, all the shows. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so interested in what's going to happen. I just don't know what that could possibly be. So we'll see. And doesn't we'll see. in the the original in Crisis anyway, Supergirl dies in the mm-hmm. original Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, but we got to keep her around. Oh, she's definitely <laughs> staying around, and it's Flashpoint. It's not Crisis. Yeah, it's definitely exciting uh, stuff. So, speaking of some of those other finales, what else? I didn't see Gotham. I'm nine episodes behind on Gotham. I do. that's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of episodes. I did see Gotham. Uh, it was fine. Uh, the fish stuff is like, oh, what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, the the craziest thing uh, that happens at the end. I'll not spoil it for you, but that moment at the end where we see an alternate version of somebody is you know, really problematic and interesting. Uh, but it, it almost seems like less of a Batman show. Not that it ever really seemed like a Batman show. I don't know. I'm not sure if they fully know what they're doing or who they are, but I'm I'm down for the ride. I watch it every week anyway. So that was Gotham. Legends, I thought, had a very strong uh, finale, introducing Justice Society of America. Uh, uh, so... Um, yeah, that the, the the Justice Society thing, and then this was Our Man that came back. The character was Our, Our Man, I believe, which has been there have been different versions yeah. of it. That was cool. I thought that the tag uh, with the JSA, and yeah, with the, the uh, JSA, it's, um, the, crazy at the end there. Like, but does that matter now? Does any of this matter? Like, I, I'm trying to deal with it on air right now. I'm, like, trying to right. picture all of this. Because it's the future, does that not get affected? Or does that completely get affected? What are they doing? Who's going to be in the JSA? It's really confusing when you start to mix in time travel stuff with everything. And then you get space, time, and dimensional yeah. travel. You're, you can't be blamed for not being able to keep track of it all. And we're getting rid of the Hawk people. Which yeah, whatever with Sierra and Renee, like she's yeah. like one season and piece I'm out. I don't know, but also Hawkman is a founding member of the JSA. I thought so. It it's is he Justice Society? Yeah, uh, he is. He is. Thought, isn't or Justice Society the some, one that's like in, in in the future? Yeah, but he's been in some versions Justice of Justice League. He was a founding member. No, Justice Society. Justice I think, Society. and so was Black Canary. So two of our. People, it's just all very confusing. We'll and see. there is a new Black Canary now, right? Uh, Have we met her yet? Or well, no. The, there's not a new Black Canary. There's Black Siren. Black Siren, which is they made up, but Laurel is Black Siren. So oh, you know. in the alternate, in the, in yeah, the yeah, al- yeah. alternate world, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but there will be a new Black Canary in the Arrowverse. I'm sure. 
I think maybe, but I'm not sure. I don't know if any of it matters, Adam. That's the whole thing. Like, I, I have a hard time talking about these Guys, things. does any of it matter? Does any of it matter? Like, I, I don't know. What have they done to us? I'm just all the feels. Especially we can go we can go forward into the future. So does anything matter? But we also went back into the past. So does anything matter? And, like, poor Supergirl and poor Arrow, they didn't even know we were going anywhere. Like, they're dealing with all these bomb threats. We're dealing with time. The whole thing. And now, speaking of Arrow... You just watched the Arrow finale, and that status quo has shifted majorly too, right? Like the, the band is pretty much uh, spoilers yeah, broken we're, up we're, over there. We're breaking up, but Adam, does it matter? Does it matter because of the Flashpoint paradox? Yeah, because of the Flashpoint paradox. That's the point of it, right? Because Wally, I mean Barry, has saved all the Arrow people. Yeah, when they did their crossover, like he went back in time and, and and saved some people that died there. Right, and also, of course, we didn't even talk about the Flash thing. Like we've got our Jay Garrick reveal. Oh, oh Jay Garrick reveal, which was like the worst kept secret. I know you got to go. Yeah. Um. That, okay, so I finally got John Wesley Ship back in a flat co- Flash costume. Yes, you did. Looked silly as hell on him. Um. But uh, then he puts the hat on and he goes back to uh, Earth three. Uh, so we'll probably see him again. What did you think? How did you how did you like his look that they had there? I, I thought that when he finally put on the the, the hat, yeah. it was the like goofiest pimp look of yes. all time. But amazing, like yeah. I love I loved it as the three of them are going back to Earth too. And we have all these different Earths, and we have all the Earths. Uh, I wasn't on. I wasn't surprised about that though. But um, I thought it was interesting that they picked that he's from Earth three. And is Earth 3 Supergirl's Earth? Or is she on Earth 4? And... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We have lots to discuss. We have lots of time to wrap our heads around this. And I'm don't sure... Don't take the 405, kids. Don't take the 405. I'm sure the producers uh, of these shows will be getting us ready for what we have in store in the future. Um, this has been uh, our limited squad of Roxy Stryer and myself. Roxy, where can people find you? What are you doing? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Don't forget to tune into the Preacher After Show Sunday nights. Um, and also over on Screen Junkies, I do a show called TV Fights. And the person in the booth right now now, Zach will be fighting uh, this coming week. Who's so. Zach fighting? Uh, he's fighting Trisha. Um, uh, I, I think Helber- Hamburgers. Um, she's amazing. You can find her on Twitter. I'll what are they fighting about? Up. And Jason Inman, who does DC All Access, yes. and they're uh, fighting all comics, TV comic stuff. So, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach's been on before. Ooh. He's very good. I pity so. the fool who has to defend Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, but uh, I will say you must look for uh, Johnny LaQuasto making the funnies at Jay Quasto on Twitter. Hershberger, sorry. Trisha um, uh, Mike Kalinowski, a.k.a. Mikey Christmas, never made it. Really thought he was going to make it. I, lost on the 405. Like He's I lost on the time stream. I'm expecting him to like, run probably, in right now. There is an earth where Mike Kalinowski was at the beginning of this show and everything went differently. Um, and who knows? Maybe we got into another fight it's on true. that show, on it's that true. earth. Don't know where it was going to be. Um, guys... I know it's not um, DC, but check me out doing The Avengers on FX Movie Download. I'm Adam Gertler. Find me at Adam Gertler. We'll see you next time on DC Movie News. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals. I'm Batman.